0: Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. We are both at the Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass. Rex, we're actually in the same location, separated by about 100 eh, hundred feet, maybe? Yeah, we can uh, actually wave to each other. No. It looks like we're different no. locations. It's it's 20 feet. It looks like you're uh,
1: somewhere on location. It looks like you've got earmuffs on. It looks like it's freezing cold where you're at. and It looks like I'm in a
0: wine bar in Napa. Uh, It is a very great aesthetic. Yeah, this is about the length of putt that Roy McIlroy missed over and over again uh, in the opening round. We'll certainly be getting to Roy. What was your big takeaway on day one? You look at the leaderboard, Chad Ramey, first-timer here at the Players' Championship with a bogey-free 8-under-64, one-shot lead over Colin Scotty Scheffler with a good day. John Rahm, uh, scraped it around 71, Rory 76. Uh, What are you feeling at this hour, your biggest takeaway?
1: Someone in the media center made this comment earlier in the night. And given the context of where we are in golf, and you and I have certainly spent a lot of time talking about designated events and where the tour is heading, it seemed like the the middle class spoke up on the PGA tour today because you got Chad Ramey, you got Taylor Pendrith, you got Ben Griffin, uh, Minwoo Lee. I mean, I can keep going down the leaderboard. This is, I, I wrote. And I was absolutely 100 percent positive that this leaderboard, this players was going to deliver nothing but the stars, nothing but the top names. And I could not at least definitely to wipe it off the Internet. Yes, that that didn't age well. Like most of my takes, it did not age well. I didn't feel like I was going out on a limb. I I kind of looked at the four designated events that we've already had this year. It felt like that. uh, Yeah, of course we are. It's. It's TPC Sawgrass. It's a great golf course. It's a great field. Exactly. And we
0: have that. That should have been the reason why your column should have never existed because it is TPC Sawgrass. I thought Brandel, uh, the other night on live from, did a fantastic job of highlighting the players. You have had like the player who led the field in driving distance with Jason Day, has won this golf tournament. You had a player in Fred Funk who was one of the last in driving distance won this golf tournament. You had a player who. Uh, led the field in driving accuracy in Webb Simpson, who has won this tournament. You had a player in Cameron Smith last year who hit the fewest fairways of any champion. We've had Strokes game wizardry. We've had players who couldn't get up and down. You had players who had made everything, who players who could have made anything. Like this golf course does not favor anyone. And yet, for some reason, 144 PGA Tour players, you thought we're just going to get a John Romroy Roy, duel. Tisk, tisk. Well, it's because what we've had.
1: I mean, I, the proof is in the pudding. Go back to the four designated events we've played so far this year. We've ended up with John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler and, and Roy McIlroy and whoever else has been in the mix. It seems like that what we wanted has delivered. And I'm not even saying that's not going to be the case. We're just 18 holes
0: in. I think a lot's going to change over the next few I still think days. we're going to have that, Rex, don't you? I, I still feel like we're going to get a deserving worthy winner. You don't think so? I, I still think this is <laughs> oh. like, as the makings of a Kyle Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler – back nine duel on sunday i really do
1: i mean no 100 we're gonna get a worthy winner is it going to be someone that's in that i don't know top 10 of the world ranking is it going to be one of those stars i, I don't know last because three years
0: simply... last three years well, top 10 again
1: you're making the argument i made yesterday and as we've already established that didn't age well and we're also doing this live which seems like a wildly reckless thing to do that our boss mercer bags thought it was a good idea and that
0: he's going to find out that it's probably not i mean there is no delay there's no delay we could say None. anything uh, One syllable getting, away from being canceled. Yeah. Getting super canceled. Right. You just did a live from hit, like literally like ten minutes ago. Uh what did you touch on and why? I was uh and I kinda got a stink eye from Todd Lewis who I was with on live from.
1: Uh he asked me what we were talking about, and I said, Chad Remy and Ben Griffin. And he sort of rolled his <laughs> eyes and I said, I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I said, I thought we were in the storytelling business. I want to tell some stories. That is the the opposite of me being so wildly wrong with my column on Wednesday. Is that we do get a chance to tell these stories, and with Chad Remy, I thought it was fascinating. (laughs) And it seems like he kind of caught astray in this because Todd starts the interview or starts asking me this question, pointing out that Chad Remy was finished dead last in Maui to start the year, and in the winners only field, he finished dead last. And I said, well the pile on he's also missed the last three cuts so there was no reason to expect him coming into this event to play well and when i asked him after the round like what was it did you change your swing are you doing something different on the greens he said no it was all attitude. He and his wife, Kelly, gave birth to their first child last week. Uh, boy, Oh, it's man. hashtag perspective season. That's right, Nolan. It's a whole new perspective, and he's, he admitted that that's probably why he played well today. He said, I just didn't put any pressure on myself. I wanted to get back to my room. I wanted to FaceTime with him. I missed him. I'm sad I'm not there. However, if I'm going to be away, I might as well make the most of it. And I think this is a perfect example of we talk about it all the time. It seems silly sometimes, but he
0: had a different perspective, and it clearly changed his results at the very least. Uh, different perspective, certainly different results on the greens is what I would point to. He gained five and a half strokes on the field on the There's greens on Thursday. Passes. Is that is that sustainable? No. That is, uh, is not sustainable, wow. the duration of the Players' Championship. He's going to have to strike the golf ball better than he did in the first round. He's out the top 50 in both strokes gained. Off the tee and approach, he cannot rely on making 150 feet worth of putts every single day, Rex.
1: Well, and I do want to point out that the so other – Sausage fingers what? up. Sausage (laughs) finger went up. Uh, The other player that I did a note on was Ben Griffin, and he's kind of at the other end of the spectrum. He's coming off a tie for 14th at Bay Hill last week, and I had a chance to talk with his manager, who kind of put this is the way he explained it, and this is how the designated events are are really going to sort of change the narrative on the PGA Tour. That was his first designated event, and being in that field on a difficult golf course against one of the best fields of the year with that atmosphere really prepared him for this week. This is his first player's championship, and his manager said he showed up comfortable. Like That probably would not have been the case had he not gone to Bay Hill and performed last week. And he also said that, and again, this kind of adds another layer to the narrative that is the designated events, is that he was mad when he wasn't in Los Angeles. He was mad when he wasn't in Scottsdale. And so I think once these young players... It's really going to be bad next year. Uh, well, yeah, probably, <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he plays it his way could. in. That, that remains to be seen. Maybe that churn rate is what they say it is, but <laughs> it, I think it, it shows you what these young players are going to end up doing. If they have this opportunity And it, we, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about it, but once you get exposed to it, you just want more. You're not going to go and play in a designated event next year and be like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm I'm going to go to the non-designated event. Like you're going to want to stay there once you get to that top of that mountain.
0: Uh, I certainly agree with that. And Justin Saw is a player who's kind of get, gotten battle-tested right over the past month as well. Was certainly in the mix at Honda, tournament uh, that you covered, another top 25 last week at Bay Hill, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He's actually five under. He did not finish uh, his opening round. Justin Saw did not. 21 players did not finish. Got an eagle putt uh, first thing in the morning. The of sawgrass. Yeah, 30-foot eagle putt on 16 and then has to play 17 and 18. And what should be uh, some pretty benign conditions. So Justin Saw sitting right now. At five under par, don't be surprised if he gets in the house at 66 or 65. Rex, for me, apparently your biggest takeaway was Chad Ramey and Ben Griffin. For me, 100%. it was the play of Roy McIlroy. I went out uh, early this morning, 7.56 start time a.m. Eastern time to see the top three players in the world. John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, and Roy McIlroy who played together. And look, Roy's tone was set for the entire Players' Championship with the double bogey. He hit it right, kind of tugged it left of the green after a really thick lie, chopped it over the green into a bunker, and couldn't get up and down from there and walked off with a six. A 76, Rex, was, was Roy's highest score on the PJ Tour in more than a year since weekend 76s last year at Bay Hill. Didn't do anything well. He talked a lot afterward about how uh, the, the driver switch has not gone well over the past month. But he looked like statistically... It's been it's been fine. Like he's not as dominant, obviously, as he has been over the past couple of years, but he's still a top Is that what you
1: think about Rory when you P- think P- about his driver? It's been fine. Like but like, like that's, Rory isn't that's fine not, when it comes to driving. That that's his stick.
0: But like he's well above average. Like he's still a top twenty driver on the PJ Tour. What has been plaguing him over the past year or excuse me, over the past couple of months, is his putting is right coming off the best putting year of his career. Like a lot of credit, obviously, has to be given to Brad Fax and the work they've done over the past four or five years, uh, kind of fine tuning his stroke. He's much more consistent, uh, and this year he just hasn't quite found the touch on the greens. He's ranked outside the top one hundred fifty uh, on the greens so far. It was a dreadful day in the opening round. Made like forty feet worth of putts, took thirty-one swipes, uh, lost two and a half strokes to the field and 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 more than just kind of any deficiencies in his game rex, he just he just seems a little tired uh he just seems a little weary it it just seems like and obviously this is not a good week for him to for him to be feeling this way it just seems like the burden of the past year um that's been thrust on his sculpted shoulders it it just seems to be wearing down on him just a little bit did you get
1: that sense at all I think so. And you and I discussed this this morning on live from I, I really think and look, I, I don't want to make excuses for Rory McIlroy. He wouldn't want me to make or anyone to make excuses for him. As the commissioner, Jay Monahan pointed out earlier in the week last week at Bay Hill, he sat in a police board meeting earlier in the week. That was seven hours long. That sounds like torture to me. I can't imagine anything that could possibly be worse than sitting through a seven hour board meeting. And yet somehow he finished to, to be in contention. At Bay Hill, hard golf course. Who's tied for the lead with
0: five holes to go. Like, it's just, it's improbable. It's it's remarkable he's able to do that. Yeah, probably Probably should have won if he
1: had just taken the time on the 14th tee to glance up at the leaderboard. However, the fact that he was able to do that is sort of that testament that we've been talking about for the last year. That somehow he's able to shoulder all of these expectations and be the spokesperson for the PGA Tour. And it's really, really impossible to imagine how difficult that could be. To your point, yeah, he looks tired, man. Like and you and I both have seen him all week long, whether if it was in a practice round or if it was in the locker room or walking through the parking lot, he's just getting lit up from every corner. Every player wants to talk to him, whether if it's Justin Thomas and it's a pat on the back that yes we're doing the right thing, or if it's whoever else, it's a middle class player and he's not happy with what's going on and he's had to take it all he has to sit and he has to listen to it and he has to take it and he has to try to make his own argument. That has to be exhausting when you're trying to get ready for this
0: championship. Look, we're not making excuses for him last year. He was just as uh, influential or impactful on conference calls and in the boardroom than he was inside the ropes. Like the, the burdens that he faced last year were probably uh, even greater than what he's currently facing. Like right now, they're just kind of trying to figure out the 2024 designated event model. And look, we're sitting here on march 9th they haven't quite released the schedule yet but we know at least what the designated model is going to look like the burden should be lessened right like you're not going to have the flow of lived affections like you had last year it's not going to be the pga tour scrambling and the leadership scrambling and the star players scrambling to try and salvage the pga tour and kind of stem that tide all of that burden should be going away for the rest of 2023 which if you're Roy McIlroy, like you're looking forward to that day, like you're looking forward to the day where you can, you can, you can focus on your game. And as he put it in his press conference on Tuesday, like I have other things I like to do in my life, uh, and I'm looking forward to getting some of that, some of that free time back, just to kind of strike the balance and not be so heavily invested in this.
1: Not seven hour board meetings. I don't like. <laughs> I have other things that I
0: could possibly do with my life.
1: You're you're right. Now we're kind of probably ignoring that there are still a lot of moving parts behind the scenes that we don't know about. I mean, who knows what the schedule looks like? We've addressed this. Like, however it is they come up with, and they call it sequence They call it flow. Whatever it is they're going to try to do with the schedule. Cadence, thank you. All the keywords. Uh, Whatever it is they're going to try to do is going to be difficult. So I'm sure he still has plenty on his plate. Can he continue to balance it? Like, I think you and I both were kind of in awe. Like, a lot of people in golf that he was able to do both last year. He was able to take all the smoke. Like whatever it is you want to give me, I'm going to stand up for the PGA tour when I'm at a microphone. And then when I have a golf club in my hand, I'm going to speak even louder. I can't imagine how difficult that is. And going forward, it's only going to get more and more difficult because he's he's always going to be that face. Tiger Woods isn't here. Tiger Woods isn't walking through that tour door to take some of the smoke from him. And it's only going to get more and
0: more challenging. And and you're right, he looked tired. Yeah, like this is obviously a, a legacy defining portion of Roy McElroy's career we've already seen the major championship portion he won four uh in quick succession and now he's kind of in I would call it the the athletic prime of his career uh, he's he's still uh young he's still fit uh still plenty hungry and ambitious and look he's obviously shouldered a lot of these past couple of months and we can kind of nitpick in some of these deficiencies that he's had in his game maybe he's not driving it as dominant dominantly as he was maybe he's not putting as well as he was last year in fact of the matter is Rex he won in a season opener in Dubai without his best stuff. He kind of got by there uh, with great course management, uh, a lot of guts, a lot of guile. Probably should have won last week in Bay Hill. Baked out, uh, stressed out venue. Um, arguably the hardest uh, non major venue that these players are going to face all season long. Like he could be standing here on, on March 9th with two wins already in the calendar year, backing up his uh, FedEx Cup title. A season ago and i think the narrative around him is different and so this was just a little bit of a clunker i think it wouldn't surprise me at all now i think the winds are supposed to pick up i'll we'll have to check with steve burkowski on that whether the winds pick up uh, on friday afternoon at tbc sawgrass he certainly has his work cut out for him uh to make the cut and i think the live bots live bots are certainly going to be uh all over him on social media if he happens to miss the cut in this In this, what is going to be a rare 72-hole uh, term on the PGA Tour, at least for the at least for the superstars.
1: As you pointed out in your humble brag, you were up early to wallow around that ma- uh, marquee group. You, you had some thoughts on John Rahm's driving. I'm just curious. After thoughts. day one, uh, yeah, on day one, are, do you, uh, have those thoughts gone either way? Because what you tried to explain to me is you think he's trying to change his swing to play nope. more
0: of a right-to-left tee shot. That's what you no, said. No, no. So I'm nope. curious
1: if you've come around to a different perspective
0: or not. You have thoughts. Not exactly what I said. Uh, we 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 did this on Monday like, uh, in my in my backyard. I said I had a hunch that he was trying to incorporate more draws into his repertoire, not just in anticipation of this player. I was player's paraphrasing, but I got it right.
1: So I'm not quite sure why we're nitpicking here. You think he's trying to hit a draw?
0: Well, uh, as as I as I approached him on Tuesday, to ask him about this, he's like, "You have to hit a draw. Like you don't have a choice." but to hit a draw on some of these holes. If I aimed left and try to hit my the bullet fade uh, that he loves so much like I would clank them into the trees, like he have no choice but to turn the ball over right to left, which is why uh, a lot of players struggle on this golf course and and maybe even don't do particularly well at Augusta National in a month's time. I, what I have noticed Rex is he he still doesn't quite have full control of his go-to shot with his driver, which is aimed on the left side and hit that bullet fade that runs out 325. But if he does need to turn the ball right to left, and there are numerous holes at TPC Sawgrass, and again in a couple weeks' time at Augusta National, where you absolutely have to turn it over right to left, he's opting for the three-wood. That is not a, a, a non-traditional strategy, as John Rahm explained to me. He goes, Tiger Woods, very rarely in his in his heyday was hitting a draw with the driver. He was hitting a very controlled fade, and then if he needed to turn it over right to left, think of, think of number 10, I guess the National right, or number two here uh, at TPC Sawgrass, he would just opt for the three wood. He's still plenty long, and he's probably going to get a little bit more chase when he takes that club. I, I see that same uh, strategy or course management being deployed by John Rahm, and, and that's how it played out here uh, at TPC Sawgrass, the Players Championship on day one. It, it's still not quite there yet with the big stick, and yet he's he's won five of his last ten tournaments. Right, like if he made oh. a couple more putts today, he's shooting. 69 68 and he's squarely in the mix for this championship that no, way seven shots back uh heading in to the second round uh and it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me at all if he can fine-tune uh, that driving on what is a very difficult golf course um that he could once again find himself in the mix for title number six i, I think i told the story after
1: the american express but after his first two rounds uh, and he was miserable he was not happy he was in a mood john Rahm, all week long out in Palm Springs after those first tournament, he rounds, won a tournament, he won. Uh, thank you. And we're waiting to go on air after the second 64. And he's just in a mood. He's grumpy. He doesn't want, you know, to, to really be there. He doesn't want to be talking to anyone. And I finally just turned to him and I said, which one of those 64s did you hate the most? And he did kind of crack a smile. I, I did get, get through the, the exterior a little bit, but after that victory on Sunday, when I was talking with his caddy, Adam Hayes, he said the exact same thing that you just said, that he's not driving the ball. Well, and I don't know that I think you're right. I don't know that that has changed. I don't know that it's that he's trying to hit some sort of a draw. This goes back to Martin Keimer. And, you know, this is the cautionary tale. Don't change what is a very, very good thing just for one or two tournaments. Like, you're right. You've got to hit just a snap hook off 10 at Augusta National. But if it requires you to change something that you do very well and to put yourself in jeopardy of not doing that thing very, very well, then... Tens only a hole you have to play four times a year. Focus on all the other holes that you have to play. So a, it is a cautionary tale. I, I would be reluctant to sit here and say that he's trying to hit a draw more than that bullet fade. He's probably right. There's just some holes where he's just trying to figure it out. He,
0: no, he's he's trying to play the holes as they are designed to properly. Be played. Sure. But sure, yeah, my yeah. my I think my thesis. Was debunked, and he kind of took exception to the fact that, that people don't think that he can hit a draw, or that he's just kind of a one-trick pony, that he could only hit the fade. Like John Rahm is is a is a complete golfer, and when he's um, kind of in full flight, he has full control of his golf ball. He can do whatever it is he wants. hit him, him with. That. Never
1: mind, never mind. I have a putting question. It's fine. Don't
0: worry about it. Nope, nope. We were focusing <laughs> uh, squarely on driving and what his strategy is. We're actually we're, we're trying to keep these things somewhere around twenty. Uh, yes, Jason, we minutes. know we're 15 minutes in. Thank you, Jason. Yep, yep. We're going a little deep on this, uh, as we tend to do. Colin Morikawa shot 65. Colin Morikawa, of course, if you listen to the season opening podcast, uh, Rex is the player that you predicted that would fall outside the top 25. Uh, he is firmly entrenched at number 10. Could uh, have won a Kapalua. Has a trio. Could
1: have won. Could have won.
0: Did not. A trio of top six finishes so far this year, mostly in big events. You buying this Colin Morikawa resurgence, miscut last week, went a two-way miss, uh, but shot 65 uh, and looks very much like that like that dude who was the man to beat in 2019, 2020. Playing really
1: well. Can't take anything away from him. You're right. That's what I predicted. I'm going to own that just like my bad column on Wednesday because that's what I do. I, I own all those failures. <laughs> However, I will say that I thought Jaime Diaz did, a, I, right before I went on live from tonight, did a great job of explaining what he's doing with his putting and how he's working very, very hard to become a more consistent putter and I think that's the one thing that I've always gone to that I just didn't feel like he was consistent enough on the greens that he he can win a major he could win two majors just like he has I just didn't know if that putting was going to hold up over the long term if he can find that groove and find a way to be more consistent not a great putter I mean I'm not trying to turn him into Brad Faxon just a little bit more consistent on the greens yes then I, I will own that that was a terrible take I had plenty of terrible takes yeah, we all have terrible Seriously. takes. Uh, it's funny that we talked here. about we, we talked about Rory. We, we talked about John Rum. Scotty Scheffler actually won that three ball today. He shot four under. Like he was the low ball today. And, and we haven't mentioned
0: him at all. I mean, Scotty Scheffler's going to win this tournament. We're going to spend the next three days uh, talking plenty <laughs> about Scotty Scheffler. Just to button up your point, Rex, uh, with Kyle Morkow. I talked to his swing coach, Rick Sessinghouse, uh, earlier. He said, look, he's, he's swinging it like he was in 2019 in 2020 he's he's playing those he's, he's he said he's hitting a I never actually heard this phrase before he's hitting a body cut which is kind of like it's a it's a rotational shot you remember last year he was hitting what he was calling a draw it was basically like a two-yard a two-yard draw like you and I would love to hit that shot like have that shot in a repertoire and it was driving him absolutely nuts because it was coming out a different window than he was planning and falling a different direction uh that he was accustomed to but he's back to hitting those body cuts he said his body's in a, in better shape uh he's more flexible uh it, it's it's moving the way that he wants to and that the biggest difference rex is with that putting working with steven sweeney they now have a foundation you remember when he won uh the 2020 pga at harding park when he won the 2021 open championship at royal st george's cal morikawa actually led the field that week in putting but that was the That was the exception, right? That was the anomaly. That was the exception, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, all throughout the year, he was outside the top 100 in putting. He didn't know why he putted well or why he putted poorly. Now, Stephen Sweeney, uh, a renowned putting coach, has given him a baseline, given him a foundation. Uh, He's given him the same drills to work on. And so it's easy fixes. It's easy tweaks. Uh, He doesn't ever feel like he's getting down the wrong path. What are you anticipating tomorrow? What do you want to see what is your eye on as we look ahead to Friday at TPC Sawgrass?
1: Uh, a little bit easier conditions tomorrow, according to Burko, who did uh, – I think he did at least one weather report today, if I'm not mistaken. We should, uh, we should, have, we should have had him on this pod to, to break down
0: second-round do. conditions.
1: Just completely do a weather report. Do 20 minutes of weather report. That That's like his heaven right there. Uh, a little bit easier conditions. I would expect this going to remain the same. And, and look, this – as you pointed out, this tournament – it, there is no rhyme or reason to it. You can go from Fred Funk to Phil Mickelson, like there, there's everyone and everyone in between. So I'm still not willing to sit here and say that oh, I think my column yesterday is going to come to fruition. That we're going to end up with some sort of combination of I don't know, throw whatever names you
0: want out there. Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, sheffler Morikawa duel. I would sign up for that right now.
1: I would too. Uh, I, I think most people would. I am, I'm certain that the networks would sign up for that right now. However. If you look at the leaderboard, it seems almost inevitable that we're going to end up with a Kurt Kitayama, right? Like, that's just inevitable. Like, I'm not saying that that's who's going to win, that type of player, but they're certainly going to be in the mix. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we have come to the conclusion here that, yes, you want the stars involved, but you also want the stories.
0: Uh, Certainly. And I think as we saw just a couple years ago, the tournament moved back to March, right? And Justin Thomas went absolutely gangbusters uh, on the weekend, uh, to win that title, so it's not out of the realm of possibilities that I think Xander Shoffley shot uh, even par, one over today. Like so, he begins second round nine shots back. It's not inconceivable that a player of his stature uh, could go nuts on the weekend and make a charge and walk away with the players' trophy. I am interested, Rex, uh, to answer my own question in seeing Jason Day. Seems like this is a this is a resurgent Jason Day, uh, f- back inside the top fifty. In the world eyeing another invitation to the Masters top 20s in every single PJ Tour start this year. It's great to see the former world number one back healthy, first of all, uh, and back in fine form. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in particular on Friday morning. We are supposed to get potentially, according to Burko, uh, some weather activity moving into the area on Friday afternoon. But I think the good news weekend looks phenomenal. 75 and sunny. And about 15 mile an hour wind, which should make things just a little bit dicey. Not too dicey. Definitely not what we saw last year. Remember that 40 mile an hour winds, guys Ooh, like six and seven hours In yeah. seven, hour. we're not going to get that goofy, but it is certainly going to be something to think about on a very tricky, treacherous golf course. All right, that's going to do it for this edition, the Golf Central, go, excuse me, Golf Channel podcast. Woof. With Rex and Lav, we'll be back tomorrow night for another special edition these mini pods hope you guys like it leave us some comments let us know what you want us to talk about we'll certainly do our part we'll talk to you guys on friday night we made it through a live podcast killed it